Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times of the COVID-19 pandemic, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. Jay Byers, CEO of the Greater Des Moines Partnership, joining us today. Jay, how are we doing? Doing great. How are you doing, Mike? Thanks for having me today. So obviously, CEO of the Greater Des Moines Partnership, probably the fastest Twitter fingers on the planet, well-known, well-respected um, gentleman throughout the greater, not only the greater Des Moines region, but the probably the country as a whole. Um, but for those that are listening in, maybe for the first time, perhaps, and, and um, don't know who Jay Byers is, Jay, do you mind giving us a little little bio about yourself? Sure. Well, I've been at the Greater Des Moines Partnership now for um, just over 15 years. Um, I've been CEO for eight years, but before that, I was our senior vice president of government affairs and public policy for seven years before that. Um, before coming to the partnership, I was district director for Congressman Leonard Boswell, who represented the old um, third district of Iowa. Um, and I, re- I worked for him for about seven years. And then before that, I was a corporate lawyer uh, working in Indianapolis, Indiana. Based on some of those positions that you've had um, in leadership, any challenges stick out to you in particular that, you know, may have happened in any one of the past roles, whether it's CEO or, you know, uh, working for um, Boswell's office? Anything stick out to you that you've maybe tried to overcome, didn't think initially that you were going to be able to overcome it? I think one of the biggest challenges uh, that I faced as a leader was in 2014. And um, I hadn't been CEO of the partnership for very long at that, at that point. Um, But uh, um, in, uh, I think it was March of 2014, uh, my phone started pinging um, sort of off the hook um, early in the morning. And uh, that was the day of the Yonkers fire in downtown Des Moines. And uh, um, for those of you who are familiar with downtown Des Moines, our, um, the partnership's office is on the same block as the Yonkers fire. So we knew that our office uh, was um, either um, on fire or um, severely compromised by the fire. And uh, so, um, again, this was uh, an early Saturday morning. Um, luckily, nobody was hurt. Um, but how, how we came together as a team and assessed the situation, um, both short-term and long-term, um, was uh, was a very powerful experience for us and uh, a lot of important lessons uh, that were learned. Um, so um, basically, um, we almost immediately put together a call with our senior team um, in terms of sort of assessing the situation in terms of what was happening um, and then what we needed to do um, in the short term um, to be able to um, again, assess what was happening and then put together a plan um, in terms of what we needed to do uh, to move forward as an office, um, as an organization and as a team. And so we quickly uh, divided and conquered in terms of dividing up those duties, uh, put together a communication plan um, for um, our board, um, for our staff, for our team and for sort of the community at large. And, uh, um, and, and really got just tremendous response from our community almost immediately in terms of what can we do to help. And so um, had a number of different offers from some of our investors and other community leaders in terms of um, if you need short-term office space, we're happy to help. And uh, basically um, by about uh, 
uh, one o'clock that day, um, our team sort of assembled um, outside when, as we're watching um, our block burn um, and, uh, you know, having no access to um, our computers or our phones or our files. Um, but we were, um, we did a, a tour of um, some office space um, that afternoon. Um, and basically, uh, luckily, um, almost almost across the street from our office, there was an office building, um, Ruan 2, um, which had some open floors. And we had actually a, a, an opportunity to pick from a couple different floors. They were almost moving ready with, with cubicles and so forth, too. And um, we basically, on a handshake deal um, with... Uh, the Ruan uh, Corporation um, it didn't even talk about what it would cost in terms of short-term rent or whatever. They just said, we'll make sure we're fair and we'll take care of it. We, we did a handshake deal. Um, our team uh, moved in, our senior team moved into that office space um, on Sunday when the fire was still smoldering and burning. Um, and we were up and operational on Monday. And luckily, um, our phone system never went down and our computer system never went down. So we never lost any of our electronic files. Um, We had some luck that went our way. Um, But uh, basically, um, we were up and running um, that Monday morning. So we were never closed for business, um, despite the fact that uh, we were, you know, not in this office space for multiple months. Didn't even have access um, to any of our things here for multiple weeks. But luckily, a number of staff members had laptops at home. And uh, again, we were able to, um, you know, our, our, our internet system never went down, our phone system never went down. Um, and we had folks working in our new office on Monday and we're pretty much fully operational by midweek um, and uh, continued to move forward. So that was a, a, a really important lesson in terms of, you know, community rallying around us, but, but being prepared um, and having a little bit of luck on our side um, and being resilient and being strong and, and having that calm to get through that. But everybody rallied around that, and now we're back in our old office space. Um, we're able to work through all the insurance issues, um, and now we actually have a brand-new office space because uh, we had to basically – everything had was uh, – we basically had 100% loss um, with property, and uh, but we were able to help redesign our office. And it was a great reminder that um, paper isn't that important anymore. There isn't really much that we lost that we've missed be honest with you. And uh, I think we're a stronger organization for it. It wasn't fun at the time, but there were a lot of really important lessons. And, uh, and now we're able to talk about it as uh, lessons learned moving forward. So we talked about some things that were, you know, from the physical with the building and, you know, the, the planning and things like that, which it sounds like you guys did a great job, you know, coming together as a team. And, you know, obviously the, the, communication that was involved to get those plans up and running in such a quick fashion. But now talk about it from the people side of things, if you will. So, and I guess and what I mean by that is, you know, what were some of the ways that, you know, maybe as you stand there and see the partnership building engulfed in flames or the aftermath, um, talk about some of the things that you also did to maybe help boost team morale because I mean that couldn't have been a great site for you know team members just watching everything you know for lack of a better term burn to the ground in front of their in front of their eyes what did you do what were some give me some examples of some of the things that you did to kind of help keep their spirits up during a time like that 
It's, it's really a great question, Mike. But, you know, I think during tough times that people look to leaders for reassurance and they look to leaders for confidence and strength and resilience and being calm. And I think that, uh, you know, not only me, but I think our senior team really embraced all of that. And, and so again, sort of that, but at the same time to be compassionate and, you know, um, that, that people, different people handle different tough situations in different ways. And, and despite the fact that, you know, a lot of the things we lost from, from the work side of things, we didn't miss that people did lose personal effects, you know, um, pictures and things like that. And things that are, um, you know, that are very, have a lot of sentimental value. So I think again, being able to have that compassion for, for your entire team and, and, and to help walk them through that. But, but I, I think communication is really, really important um, to be very honest and open and transparent with what's happened and what we're going to do moving forward, I think is, is really important. And again, it's, it's uh, what can you do as a leader um, to assess the situation and listen and learn and to sort of modify your plans accordingly. Um, how do you um, not get into a situation of um, paralysis by analysis, but to be able to make those quick decisions um, with that right information and, and to keep swimming. Um, but, but then ultimately as a leader, your job is to, what can you do to show your team um, or your organization or your company the future uh, in terms of what that looks like? And then how do you put that plan together to help lead them there? And that's really the key to leadership. Right. Spot on. And now let me ask you this, too, to kind of uh, put a little bit of a, another twist on it. Uh, you know, being a leader takes a lot both mentally and physically. So what were some of the things and if you if you could give some specific examples, what were some things that you did um, to kind of keep your focus and to be able to help get you um, in the right mindset to go out and be that strong leader for your team was it music you know some people talk about yoga some people read books some people get on twitter all of the above what were the things that you relied on most to kind of help get your mind at ease to go out and do the things that you had to do as a leader well for me i've always been somewhat of a workaholic so i really never know when i'm working and not working but part of that's because i've tried with a large part of my um, working life is to have jobs that align with my passions. So I try to do things at work that I'm, I'm very passionate about otherwise. So um, for me, I think it, the answer is really not that different than how I sort of operate um, on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis as a leader. And that's really having a very strong senior team and surrounding yourselves with people who are smarter than you, um, and that you can listen to them and, and then ultimately, you know, you got to make the tough call. Um, but to have that sort of, um, being able to build that really, really strong team, get the right people on the bus, um, and then, and then listen to them and have that discipline to, um, really ask those probing questions and let them challenge you and being vulnerable to, um, understand that you don't know everything, but that's why you build those teams. And when you don't have that expertise on your teams, who are those other leaders in your community and experts, whether that's your, your board chair, um, your board as a whole other experts, and how can you learn and listen and get as much information as you can quickly, um, but then be able to make those decisive uh, decisions when they need to be made. Um, but then also, um, again, be vulnerable enough to have that flexibility because not all your decisions are going to be right on the front end, um, but how do you continue to make those pivots and, 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 uh, and again, trust those who are surrounding you. And, and that's what I've always tried to do as, as a CEO, um, and, and then even more so in times of crisis, because you know what people are made of, um, when, when, when the chips are down and, uh, 
Um, I, I've said many times uh, in the last couple of weeks that uh, tough times um, don't last, but tough, t- tough people do. Um, we've got a tough team. We've got a really tough senior team, a very smart group, um, and our team up and down is really good. And uh, so relying on your team is really important. Okay, and we'll, we'll use that to kind of transition into the final couple questions I have for you. So if you had to give me, based on your experience, obviously as CEO and some of your other prior experiences, you know, you kind of alluded to maybe a little bit of, of part of the question I'm about to ask here in your uh, example from 2014 with the Yonkers fire. But um, if you had to pick three, three top lessons that you learned in any one of these roles, and it could be a combination, um, what would they be? Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a long list of, of lessons that, um, have learned from, um, the Yonkers fire and, and, uh, you know, working with Congressman Boswell during nine 11 and, and other crisis situations. But, um, you know, if I had to pick three, I'd say, um, number one is communicate, 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 right. Um, how, what can you do to communicate with all, um, those important stakeholders. So, you know, within your own team, with internal communications and whether you have a board, um, you know, and then the community at large and, and how do you continue to make sure that there's um, accurate, reliable, um, factual information um, that's out there and that everybody knows um, that everybody feels confident in that. So I think that's really important. Um, number two, I think is um, don't be constrained by the current rules. Um, you know, we are in a new normal. Um, there is, there is a way that things had been done in the past, um, but innovation is the key in, in uh, crisis situations. Um, you've got, there are no playbooks for what's happening right now. And uh, you've got to have um people on your team uh, that are creative and innovative and listen to them. And just because things have not ever, never been done a certain way, doesn't mean that that's not how you need to do them moving forward. And that's really critical. And then um, I think number three, I would say be fearless. Um, look, you got to trust your gut and make tough calls and, and move forward. And, but again, um, as I'd sort of mentioned before, I think the key role of a leader is to, um, you know, again, assess the situation, um, no matter how tough it is. Um, and then, um, you know, adjust your strategic plans. Um, and then you got to execute on those. And then in, when you're executing on those, um, your job as a leader is to show, um, your teammates, um, your organization and, and, you know, in this case, your community, what that future looks like, and then how do they get there? And that's your job. And so now, excuse me, for any of you small business owners out there, um, I challenge you, if you, you to take these pieces of advice to heart. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the other episodes within this podcast, uh, you'll quickly realize that a lot of these leaders know what they're talking about, because you're, you're going to learn without me giving away too much. You're going to learn that they're on the same page um, with, with some of the advice they're given. So uh, with that, I want to thank uh, Jay for taking the time to chat with us today. I'm going to let him get back to work. I'm sure he's got a couple Twitter messages to put out. I'm sure there's some new updates available that are, are waiting your Twitter fingers. So we're, we'll let you get back to it. But again, uh, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You remember, hashtag DSM strong. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.